commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. Trust the brain sent of the galaxy. I'm Grace Combat, and you're listening to Core World News. Your holiday news shares the best coverage of the latest stories around the galaxy. Welcome to a Pillows of Star Wars special. Hey, world. Now, there's Ben Grandadam, the scout. All right, thank you very much, Grex, yeah. and uh, welcome everyone. Thanks very much for listening to us. Uh, this week, we're going to dip back in on one of our pillars of Star Wars. So, uh, one of the definitive verticals that passes through every piece of Star Wars media there is. Um, we've done a bunch of these. You can check out our Discord service server. Uh, rather, they've got um, uh, we've got it all mapped out. Uh, as far as which ones we've done before and which ones yet to come and um and what what we've how they fractaled out um but it, you know we're trying to keep it simple there's this very there's just you know a dozen like definitive parts of star wars that pass through everything um and and it's cool to sort of explore that and and what they've done and so this week we have alien worlds um which is of course a major one what does uh, alien worlds mean to you guys I find it super important to Star Wars storytelling. I mean, we know Star Wars revolves around myth and the hero's journey. And uh, and what we know about the hero's journey is that the, the special unknown or magical world is integral to that quest or that that sort of mythological trajectory. And so I think and I think a lot of a lot of uh, you know, shows, podcasts, documentaries go into character, explore the characters, and it's very character heavy. And in, in a lot of you know, how many other podcasts discuss Star Wars, but I think the the planets themselves are characters and do play a role in the storytelling. And so I think I think it's going to be really fun to look at all the planets and see you know how they how they how they play a, you know a, an integral part to the story overall. And then um, I, I would love to talk about you know all the planets with you guys. I'm, I've been excited to to do this, this specific pillar for that reason yeah. of talk about the planets and giving them their, their time. Yeah. Grant, I, I th- you said it perfectly. This idea of planets being their own character in star Wars. I, I, um, I'm very excited to do this. I've been wanting to do this. I've also been intimidated to be honest, yeah. to do this one a little bit. There's so much to go through and something we'll talk about is kind of the rubberiness of the galaxy, the map that we'll talk about. And we'll, we'll tell you kind of what we're working off of and, and do our best. But the other thing that I think about is, um, I had the old, like the first version of the special editions on VHS and at the beginning of those tapes, and I know this because when I worked in a video store, I would run those tapes on a loop, um, when I worked there. So I've literally seen star Wars, the first trilogy over thousands of times. Um, but they used to have these little mini documentaries at the very beginning. And it would, it was George Lucas talking about. And I remember he was talking about this at the very beginning of, I think it was The New Hope, but he talked about he wanted each movie to have a specific setting, and that setting had a very specific primary color. So he talks about the first movie. is like mm-hmm. you get the brown of Tatooine, right? You get the brown of Tatooine, you get the green of Yavin, and you get the gray of the Death Star. And he tells the story. And, and I think that informs Star Wars going forward is that something we'll talk about is that we're going to talk about the galaxy as a whole and the map as a whole and regions and things like that. We're also going to get into biomes because Star Wars does like to have planets that are very uniform. Like you see yeah. them from space 
it's a blank color ball in space for the most part. And and I think that's kind of something that's very unique, right? Like other than Dune, which maybe, as we know, Lucas pulled a lot from, you know, they're very their planets are very uniform. And I think that's really interesting take on this. And it really does do this, this really interesting storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. You know, actually, Grant, you brought up something that uh, made a lot of sense to me. Maybe just think, you know, this is a sci fi series, but there's actually very little science in it. But a lot of the science of the science fiction, classic science fiction derives from these landscapes and these these biomes and these planets. Um, and, yeah, it's one of my favorite things. I mean, who doesn't love a, a great landscape or something, you know, original? I, I, it, it's just one of my favorite parts of the movies because you get to see these really foreign looking area looking areas, um, you know, black sand beaches next to green mountains. You get creative architecture accommodating extreme land features um, and, you know, the integration of the vacuum of space to create habitable colonies and, and things like that. And um, I don't know, it's it, it really adds a, another dimension to Star Wars, um, it being in space. I mean, it is the stars of the Star Wars. And um, and yeah, and I just I, I love how you never know what the next planet's going to be. You know, I always, that's my favorite part of the movies. It's just like, okay, where, where are they now? It's going to be this, you know, the whole, the whole movie gets turned on its head based on its atmosphere. So um, yeah, these are fantastic. And I mean, we, it's not a traditional myth in that the characters enter a sort of magical world. It's more so that there's a there's a juxtaposition of say like Anakin you know being being on Tatooine and then seeing Coruscant for the for first time or Rey being on Jakku and seeing Takodana for the first time. It's these it, and that's the that's the stepping into a new world. These are their first steps, and it's so important to Star Wars for the character who wherever that starting planet is for the next planet to be the total opposite, the total opposite. And that way, it allows the character to transform. And, and broaden their view. And that's, a lot of Star Wars is about characters broadening their view in it and exploring new horizons and, and growing and growth. And it, it's it's really cool how the planets play a role in that, in the exploration of the galaxy. It's, it's really neat. Yeah. Great. So speaking of the galaxy, um, this takes us to the, the core issue of, you know, this dealing with alien worlds, which is the map. Um, all good science fiction and fantasy has a, a map that sort of defines the space that it's in. Uh, it's tough to make a map of an entire galaxy. It, it's inherently sort of beyond comprehension how large it is. Um, but there has been galaxy maps that have occurred at various times uh, throughout Legends, you know, over the course, you know, since 77. Um, and so we were trying to find a definitive one that that captured everything. Yeah. Um, and and it's actually there the the most predominant ones are fan made. I, I think uh, SW Galaxy Map. Um, that's one we've been working off mostly because it's up to date. Uh, yeah. Can I, I give a little background on that? Yeah, please do. Because I, I was looking at that, and I want to give I want to give um, actually I'll share his name. It's Henry Burnberg d- does this, and so I wanted to give him Thank a shout you. out. I, I don't know him at all. We just were Googling. We found this. Um, it's he has been doing this since 2014. He he took um, the map from the complete atlas, the essential atlas. He used that as a starting point. 
He used Wikipedia to update it. He's used so many resources. And he's created this amazing map that you can download, that you can also work with. Um, and using something called ArcGIS. And if there's any mapping nerds out there like myself, uh, that makes me very excited. It's a mapping program that I actually use in my professional career quite a bit to map crime data. He used it to map the Star Wars galaxy, which is awesome. Beautiful. Um, but, you know, you know, it's really. Synergy. Yeah. Weird, weird <laughs> synergy. Um, but it's super cool. Uh, I was playing around with it today um, and did some my own stuff with it, which was fun. Um, and, you know, one thing I'll mention is, you know, we're not, we, you know, we here at Star Wars Minute or uh, not Star Wars Minute. <laughs> edit that out, Ben. I don't know where that hat came from. But uh, we here at Core World News. Um, aren't Freudian looking, slip, Adam. Yeah. Especially because after the next line, uh, we aren't looking for money. Um, but I will say that he um, there is a there is a way to support and to uh, donate. And so I, you know, it might be worth throwing a couple bucks his way for this. I think it's a, it's a pretty big uh endeavor he's done and i found it a really helpful resource planning for this the special edition of our uh, podcast yeah i think you know uh, pablo hidalgo is technically the keeper of the maps right mm -hmm. like he, he knows where everything is as much as anyone does um but they're very coy with it i mean they're selling books that are galactic you know at, uh, atlas maps which is a suggest you go out and buy um they're beautiful books uh coffee table books and they have those things in there but to find them digital um that are up to date that includes everything that's ever happened including exactly. legends that's that's a job for a true uh true star wars lover and um yeah henry can you say his name one more time is it yeah it's uh henry bernberg henry bernberg uh yeah um yeah. this one's for you buddy thanks so much for for doing this um yeah uh, i just like to send a shout out to um Daniel Wallace and Jason Fry and the Star Wars Essential yeah. Atlas. That's also just a major book. Uh, any, you know, Star Wars book collector needs it in their collection. It, it's it's really awesome. It gets in the nitty gritty of like the Chiss, the Jedi Sith conflict. It's obviously Legends. Uh, it gets into like Jedi Sith conflict, you know, the Chiss, the, the actual like the sectors of the galaxy, the, the Imperial controlled sectors of the galaxy and, and the moths and governors that control said sectors. It's It's in depth. Like it's a fantastic atlas and that's incredible. But like you said, Ben, Pablo Hidalgo is sort of the keystone and, and, and keeper of the lore in a lot of ways. And we know the story groups also, you know, the, uh, have, have a controlling interest in, in the galaxy and its current state. And um, the, the map I've, and, and for that reason, I've been using the map from uh, the visual dictionary for the rise of Skywalker, because it feels a little stripped back, but I think it's stripped back in, in a very, controlled way where they're they're taking a lot you know what was in the there was far more in the essential atlas and now to, to 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 get rid of a lot of the kind of i don't know uh superfluous planets helps yeah. the kind of the narrative i would say like the storytelling yeah. like i'm now able to my eye is drawn to where you know each planet that where uh live action storytelling has taken place and that helps that helps in a huge way and i really like the kind of cinematic uh mapping of the, the galaxy uh, that, yeah. that's been very helpful yeah it's a great map if you want to know everywhere we've seen in the movies it's perfect because i was doing this a little bit earlier today with the giant map and i spent about 15 minutes looking for one planet in particular <laughs> and the giant map of thousands of names of planets yeah absolutely yeah, yeah you need to sort of mm. separate some 
some of the the chaff from the wheat there and uh right. and to be able to really look at this yeah and actually adam he'll explain something he did later on in the show. i literally yelled out mid-rim that's not helpful that's giant and then <laughs> 15 minutes looking for it What's interesting is in the visual dictionary map, there's like the mid rim is the, the lines for the, the the rims are kind of like just all over the place. And it, it just it looks like Picasso. It's it's yeah. so cool. Like it, it's the, it's just not rounded. The core is rounded. Like we know the core is a yeah. round circle, but then everything else around it is sort of these these landlines they've, they've drawn. And then just kind of markers, I guess, that have been staked out. And then the mid rim, I guess, is and then I guess it's the expansion zone and the outer rim after that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just so these are these are the broad regions of the galaxy, right? You have deep core, which and then around that, which is like the center of the donut core worlds, which is around the deep core colonies, which surrounds that. So that's all fairly circular. And then, yeah, like you said, the inner rim is sort of organic and moves around a little bit. Then expansion region and that's sort of your center thing. And then. The midrim, it does look like it goes all the way around, but for most intense yeah. purposes, midrim is galactic uh, east. Yes. Um, and so they have made, put this on a grid, a two-dimensional grid, right? Um, and all of them follow that. And, and through all the maps, there is this, you know, things don't move around very much. And, and there's this north, south, east, and west. So you have the midrim off to the e galactic east and it's a huge area you have the tingle arm um or the uh expansion region i think um yeah uh up to the north um and then you have the the outer rim is really the the southern hemisphere of of the galaxy um and then unknown regions is out in the west which i'm sure is not an accident that it's in the wild west right uh, yeah yeah <laughs> good call and then we have wild space right which is really less defined but that seems to be yeah um kind of out past the edge of the galaxy a little bit kind of it seems to be everywhere surrounding the edge of the galaxy is the way i kind of nebulous nebulous void surrounds the galaxy is just wild space. yeah before before we move forward i want to i want to read a quote from a new hope because i think it's very telling of this that ben you did a great job of explaining it as Luke says, when R2-D2, or sorry, C-3PO asks, where are we? He goes, if there's a bright center of the universe, you're on the planet that's farthest from. <laughs> right? Which is literal. If you look at the Accurate. map, right, the, the core is bright. And they talk about it being very bright because you're, you're, yeah. you, how you're, you're, the, the middle of the galaxy is the super massive black hole that's pulling all the light towards it. So it's very bright there. And then if you look at Tatooine, it's out there, right, in the, in the outer rim really yeah. far out there and and luke was being poetic but also literal in that luke, moment well yeah i mean there's there's worlds past it but not many a handful mm-hmm. it's, it's and far. shout out to the new high republic novels uh, the hetzel system is right next to tattooing it is also far away from the bright center of the galaxy and that's where the galactic disaster takes place so if you want to just and we found that out from a map in star wars adventures that, yeah. uh, that comic book put out a map that actually showed us where the Hetzel system was, where much of the Light of the Jedi takes place in the beginning. Um, and it was I mean, cool to see those right near Tatooine. And I was like, oh, okay. This is doesn't very this feel like we're in the middle of like Manifest Destiny era yeah, of the United does. States, which is, by the way, not a great era of the United States. 
but but doesn't feel like we're all right the terrible or, eras. That's right. also terrible. Terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I took the words right out of my mouth. Um, but I feel like it's we're taking all these different maps, which is so much fun, and trying to lay them over each other to figure out. Okay, this person was out here mapping this. How does this line up to over here? So it's so much fun. I really had a blast today and, and throughout the week kind of looking at these things and trying to put them all in perspective of this because, I, you know, the, the High Republic stuff, it's harder to find on here. But that that map from Star Wars Adventures helps put things in perspective to kind of at least eyeball where everything is compared to what we saw in the movies. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we should probably try. It'd be great to repost these things on uh, our social media so people mm-hmm. can look at maps uh, with links. Um uh, that we're looking at because it's been a really fun week just sort of like having like five maps out in front of me and like searching through and be like all right is exegol in this one or which you know um yeah what planets were there and yeah it was really fun they were very vague with that um that high republic map that, that was posted yeah. and it made you do some detective work to sort of um figure it out and um yeah, I think I think Starlight Beacon is uh, closest to a planet called I think it was Thraka. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, Thakwa, and not far from Bespin down in the mm-hmm. uh, down in uh, the outer the western area. reaches. Right? Is that the western reaches? Yeah. So all right. So then there's these new region titles, which I think in the sequel trilogy they also broke it down sort of a different way. Where there's sort of the interior is the core. Um, unknown regions is still the same. They call the Tingle Arm the new territories up north. <laughs> they call the Midrim the slice, because it looks like a slice of pizza, I, I would assume. Um, sure. And that's like Nalhada and Narshada and a lot of lot of shady stuff going on in the slice. Uh, hot space? Yeah. Like. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then they kind of intentionally don't use the term outer rim. Um, they they divided into trailing sectors, which is, I assume is like sort of the arm of the galaxy, um, the outside of an arm of the galaxy. And then the western reaches are sort of, you know, you know trailing sectors, kind of the east part of the outer rim and western reaches is the west. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the western reaches is where um, where uh, Starlight Beacon would be placed. Yeah. And, and to put it in the perspective for the movies. In the western reaches, you have Bespin, Endor, kind of those areas right around Hoth. there. Hoth. Yeah, Mustafar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's the basic lay of the land. That's kind of um, what we got here and where we started. And then, um, you know, it's it's tough to really tie any biome to a location. It's not really like that. They're they're not that sciency. Um, it's just sort of like you know throw a dart at the map and you're going to get an entirely different situation, yeah. which of course makes sense because they all have their own solar systems, et cetera. So, um, yeah. Are we, it's really, guys, are we going to start yeah. at the center and go out? Or are we going to start outside sure. and go in? With, uh, <laughs> dealer's choice. What do you want to do, Grant? I say we start in the core. It's, all right. We start with one, you know, sector and then we move out, region, should I say, and then we move out. Yeah. Uh, from there. So like, what uh, have we got in the core? Obviously, Coruscant at the core. Yeah. Yep. Really, the dead center is Tython, which is an interesting planet. Yeah. And they mentioned that when you get really close, and this is from Wikipedia and from sources, when you get really close to that, that the core, the actual core, the inner core, those also aren't habitable planets. They're actually kind of dangerous, right? Because yeah. there's a lot of space anomalies. You're right next to a black hole. So really, it's not until you get out to Tython and Coruscant and Alderaan 
where you actually have like your livable planet. So it makes sense that the actual core is not livable, but when you're right in that next, you know, circular level out, you actually get to that. And Corellia is in there as well. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's tougher to travel. Do you, like space travel and hyperspace is, is harder in the core as well. Or a little yeah. more complicated. Yeah. I didn't realize how close Alderaan is to the core. That's a, uh... It's a new discovery for me. Yeah. Well, if you think about like, let's look at the movies, right? So, so like to me, the 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 major planets in the core: Coruscant, Hosnian Prime, Alderaan, uh, Corellia, and and Quate, not Crate, Quate, which is the which is the shipyards that we oh, hear about. In the I, old. I always pronounced it Kuat. Kuat. Yeah, I, I like always pronounced Kuat. it Kuat as well. Let's go with Kuat because that's very far away from Crate. I'm I'm all on board for that. So Kuat, right? So we have those. We also have Nemodia in there too, right? So you can see and some Cato Nemodia. Cato Nemodia, yep. So so think about this: we have very prosperous planets, like some yeah. of the richest planets there, right? The the two galactic. And Bis Bis is a big planet in like the novel, yep. legend novel. Right? Yeah, right. But you have these, like you have the places that build ships. You have um, Nemodia and Canton Nemodia, which again are you know are, are trade Nemodia, uh, trade, trade federation. federation planets. Yeah. Alderaan, which although we don't know a lot about, seems to be very prosperous. Right, does seem to be a very wealthy planet. Right, so you get that that there is something about living in the core. You are kind of the leaders of the galaxy. Yeah, and Corellia is in the core. Yeah, which is again another shipyard right? from Solo. Yeah, smaller yeah. ships. Kuat does uh, Kuat does drive systems. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. It's like an industrial center. Yeah. Um, and then you have, you know, I actually yeah, Fondor's in there. That was a, a major place for um, a shipyard for the um, Empire. Um, Hosnian Prime uh, obviously was took over as the capital uh, in the sea sometime between <laughs> Return of the Jedi and uh, yeah. Force Awakens. Um it's also and, interesting that the two planets that get blown up in Star Wars yeah. or the or the multiple planets that gets blown up by Star Wars are all in the core, which makes sense, right? You're trying to send the message. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, you're you're gonna go to these these popular places. So um yeah. Um, and then uh where to next? So that I guess that's the core and all that, yeah. Those multiple areas. Um I guess we should go to the the colonies or the inner rim? The colonies, yeah, I think we can do both because they're kind of yeah, yeah. similar in sizes, right? They're just, they kind of have that weird, they do cover similar areas. Right, Cato Nemodia is really in the colonies. Yeah, like, that's true. That. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's all sort of, yeah, these three, first three rings are, um, yeah, core worlds. If there's any social scientists out there, I'm trying real hard not to talk about concentric zone theory and talk about <laughs> stone things are on, yeah. but Deep cut, if you're interested in it, look up concentric zone theory, because actually I'm starting to see that the Star Wars universe lives by concentric zone theory accidentally. But uh, anyway, I'll move on. I'm surprised right. there aren't any uninhabited planets. It really does turn into a space fantasy when you look at the map, because yeah. you think they'd label some like L13 or just some uninhabited you know, planet where people would live. But I guess, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, they're I, precedented. I think yeah. in a few of the books, they, they do just give them like, digits because they're like yeah they call this one l47 yeah, it's like no one lives there <laughs> right yeah. yeah or yeah yeah that's how we framed you know how we look at the galaxy for yeah. a long time yeah, still, yeah, yeah. there's probably still a name there yeah that's the thing though is you know the technology is such that they can really inhabit anywhere 
Um, and, you know, you have all of these different um, beings that have adjusted to various biomes themselves. Um, so just because, you know, humanoids can't survive there doesn't mean, you know, weird snake people don't thrive there. <laughs> so, so Onderon, shout out to Onderon. That's in the inner rim as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Isn't that, is that where, um, what's his name's from? Sagarera. Uh, yeah. 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 Thank you. Can never remember that character's name for whatever reason. Um, but we got like what what's interesting in the expansion region, um, we get some areas that, you know, when we see them in the movie, seem not like very um they're not urban areas, right? They they feel very rural almost. We get like Mimbom, Pasana, Jakku, Taneb. Taneb. <laughs> I want to go to Taneb, guys. Yeah. Uh, I kind of. After wanted... the pandemic, Taneb. Taneb. <laughs> Once we can travel again. Taneb. Yeah, I just, I think it's interesting because they don't seem like, I think, like, think about the movies, right? Pasana, Jakku, and Mimbam, they're not all the same, but we don't see any, like, city centers, right? If you think about yeah. those movies, they seem like they ha are still very um, rural, pastoral. Um, they, it's interesting because when we go out to the next level, not to jump us ahead, but we go out to the mid rim, we actually do get a lot of like, we get a lot of planets that do have, we see more of the functioning of the government. We see them more settled in a way. Yeah. Maybe it's like, is that the bread basket? I am sure. Yeah. Be like a, an agrarian, um, you know, sort of ring around this. Cause you'd think there'd be like, all right, these are feeder worlds, but. If you're in the interim or the expansion region, then you're still pretty you're still pretty core to what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it appears that all of those just based on the rough drawing from that um, higher public map. That, you know, they're included, you know, yeah. and then even. Yeah, when you get a, a little bit further, like Kashyyyk's there and it seems like Kashyyyk has been uh, in the mid rim has been, you know, part of this part of the galaxy for as long as we know for thousands of years. Yeah, like it's interesting. The mid rim thing, things are happening. Like the mid, the, the plants in the mid rim seem to have influence on the galaxy in a way that I feel like the places in the, in the inner and expansion region don't. From what we've seen in the movies, like Kashyyyk seems like a player. Uh, Kajimi even seems oh, yeah. like a, bit of a player. Um, we also have Naboo in the mid rim, which is definitely you know having effect. Takadana's in there. Are they? That's sort of on the southern mid rim, though, right? Naboo. Yeah, but it's still in that line. If I'm looking at the um, the one from the Rise of Skywalker, it's that weird squiggly line. It's still it's still in the mid rim. Okay. And the Takadana's in there too. Oh, Jedha. Kajimi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mid rim. Uh, Naboo in the mid rim. Yeah. Right. These are these are worlds um, where we have seen that they have. They have impact, right? And and I think maybe because we see a lot of these in the in the prequel trilogy, right? So we see Naboo a lot. We see Kashyyyk doing their thing. Um, it's really interesting. Like, wait, I've been to Malastar in a few of the video games, but I ha we ha we haven't seen it in live action yet. We have not think. seen it in live it's action. It's been in the comics as well. It's been in the comics, and we know that the the honorable um, senator from Malastar uh, wants to have his say. And uh, in episode one. Right. So but that's the thing, like, even though we haven't been there, we know that their political leaders have pull. Right. So there's something about the mid rim 
that is that is influential. It seems like really when you look at this map, it's the um, it's the core and the in the and the core worlds and the mid rim that seem to have the biggest impact politically on the galaxy. Yeah, it seems that's where the policy is being made, and that's also the end of the jurisdiction, really, because after yeah. that, it's the outer rim. It's the we know it's, yeah. The core has no control of the outer rim. It seems like it's a, it's too large. Yeah, yeah, it's it's huge, right? It's it's giant, and it just doesn't. Um, it's not. There's so much going on out there, and you can look at them like you have Scarif, you have Tatooine, but you know, although we're familiar with these worlds, they don't really have a lot of political weight to them. Yeah. I mean, that's great, right? It's an old rebel mining base. Right. Yeah. yeah. And this is where the rebels are hiding in a lot of the movies, right? Dakar, Yavin, Ajon Kloss. Um, and Dagobah. Uh, Dan I mean, Usually Yeah, Dagobah. Yeah. Dan hmm. right? We know that that was an old rebel base. Right. It's a good place to go get lost. But so at Endor, Kefbir. And so what's interesting is so are the the Sith, right? They're in Mustafar, Exegol, right? Like everyone goes out to it's, hide. It's really interesting that Ak Two, yeah, is is closest to Exegol. It's the closest listed planet to Exegol. I would like to measure Ak Two out to Exegol from yeah. Dantu to Exegol because I think and it is closer. And it's not on this map, but Ilum, Ilum is, oh, Jedda Jedda is actually Ilum is really close. Jedda is really close. close. So think about that. Jeddah's out there too. Like there's yeah. something about the unknown regions and yeah. a connection to the force. Yeah. The, the unknown regions is definitely uh, a, a region in which the force is, is working, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of like strong force worlds, there's also Mortis is on here, which I wasn't even sure Mortis was a system. I, I was like, is it just yeah. like another plane of existence? But it's I thought Mortis moved. I thought I could like move or something. on here it's listed almost it's at the top of the map it's like galactic north it's like the galactic north star of of the whole galaxy which is sort of wild but way out there um yeah it's interesting right i had the same thought of like every time i watch the mortis arc it just seems very ethereal and just kind of not really it feels like they're not going anywhere real it doesn't feel corporeal when they're there right but yeah i guess it is I mean, yeah. I don't know where that comes from. Very yeah. interesting that Exegol, Octu, and Dagobah, and Mortis are kind of the furthest out there, and they're also like the more, most force kind of. Yeah, uh, right? Yeah. You know, storytelling is happening there. Yeah, I was yep. trying to look at like, I, I trying to look at um, where, right, where the closest, you know, force related, and, and Korriban. Uh, uh, <laughs> is, is at is out there too We're right it's out there on the east it's right northeast now. shout out to the northeast i guess we're the coraban of uh <laughs> of the country oh, yeah. That's but right. it's out there in the northeast um but still out there in the uh outer rim unknown regions kind of right between the two yeah definitely and um yeah i sort of like I don't know. Do you, do you see like the far east? There's a lot of like criminal underworld. Places. Yeah, I want to talk about that. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you've got hut space, of course, which is like right in the center of everything. Yep. 
um, but you've got a lot of other um, interesting planets that have been associated with um, the the underworld. Yeah, yeah, Kessel's out there. You're right, Kessel is out there. Sorry, I'm shuffling through ten maps right now. <laughs> I know. Welcome to that's what that's what you gotta do if you're trying to figure out where stuff are, stuff is yeah. in uh, Star Wars. Todaria, by the way, I had no idea was like right next door to the Nal Hutta and Nal Shadar. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Wobani. Um, what did I just see? Uh, Gamora. It is also kind of cool too because you can see like. Rodia is pretty close to Tatooine because mm-hmm. we see Rodians there, Greedo. Uh, yep. uh, Gamor is near Hut Space and they have a close working relationship with at least Jabba. Yeah. But um, yeah. Also, did you notice how close Camino is to Scarif? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Out there, but out there, right in there. The, out there in the Rishi Maze. <sighs> Rishi Maze. Oh, man. I got to see the Rishi Maze. I know. I read one sort of theory thing that said like the Rishi maze was its own galaxy in and of itself. That's what I read too. I read that in somewhere. Yeah. Well, this map would not would say that's not true, but I don't I don't know. I don't know how much we again, not canon what we're looking at, but but uh you know, I think everything's based on something they've released at some point. Yeah. I thought it was just fun dialogue. I let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go yeah. to the Rishi maze. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a lore bomb. Yeah, that's that's presaging the future there. It's just like, whoa. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see it at some point, but they have to if we see it, they need to invent like seven other like deep space anomaly that like are even more interesting. So we yeah. have... I don't want to spoil our later like game show. Part of <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. I Yeah, <laughs> there is a planet out here where I, I desperately I desperately want to be there and see it. Yeah, there's a planet on here that there's a planet I want to see that I don't know. Not to spoil mine, I don't know if it's on this map. I didn't actually find it, but we will see. <laughs> I I haven't gone through it like beat by beat, but I haven't seen it. Um, all right, what else we got? We got Batu, right? If we're going into like uh, things, Batu is out there also in that in the unknown regions. It's kind of between Takadana and Aktu. Um, which is interesting and Jack who's out there. So it's, it's really interesting. Like if you look at the, um, the, the original trilogy, the real original trilogy spends a lot of time out there in the, out there in the outer rim, right? spends a lot of, in fact, the entire empire yeah. strikes back is outer rim. Same thing with the, well, no, we do get to Alder. We do see the destruction of Alderaan though, which is near the core. Yeah. That's the one, right? That's the closest they get. They, they zip into the, to the inner rim. Uh, or sorry, to the core for a second, right? And that's it. Yeah. And then they're boom, they're out. And then they're they're out and they're having four. They're all around. And the same thing. But then we get to the prequel trilogy, and the prequel trilogy spends quite a bit of time, you know, bumming around the inner rim. I keep saying inner rim, but I keep yeah. Horrible, yeah. You know so, what I mean? Adam, have you have you revealed? No. <laughs> did this this infographic? Well, I think it's time. I'm equal parts uh, proud and ashamed of of what I spent my Saturday <laughs> working on. So. <laughs> So it's it's still a work in progress, but I took the map that we were talking about earlier, and I'm like, let me just open this thing up in uh, in paint, and then see if I can uh, draw some lines to visualize the journeys of the Skywalker saga. So basically, I just thought through all nine movies and drew lines where everyone went to see, like visually, where are we spending a lot of time, how much 
how much distance do these movies cover? And I think it was actually pretty telling. It's a, it's a mess when you look at it, and I haven't I haven't That's, created a key. It's not that much of a mess. It's a beautiful mess. It's a beautiful mess. It's not it's not my fault. I, I mean, it's not anyone's fault. But when you try to put nine movies in this, but it looks like it looks like Indiana Jones's life, right? Like not just one movie, but what he did his entire life. But I think it's interesting where you look at this and you can see something like I'm just going with the two extremes. If you look at the Empire Strikes Back, the Empire Strikes Back covers um, literally uh, forty five hundred parsecs. That's it. It's like which sounds like a lot. But when you look at the map, it is a tiny slice of the map. They go from they go from Hoth. Then one goes to Dagobah. The other group goes to Bespin and then they and then the other one comes back to Bespin. That's it. It's like a yellow orange blob in the bottom of this map. Then you go to lengthy asteroid field scene. Yeah, which I think is between Hoth and Bespin, right? Because we know we know he doesn't have hyperdrive. Then you go to the other extreme, which is the Rise of Skywalker. Right. And there. So that one color is just brown. And there's a lot of brown on this map, right? Like their <laughs> yeah. cover in that move in that movie, they cover nearly the entire galaxy. Which is interesting though, they don't go much out into the outer rim except for Exegol. But literally, there are five yeah. lines coming off of Exegol. Yeah, from like people going there. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? This is supposed to encapsulate yeah. everything we've seen and a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and so it does. It is the the, the brown. Uh, geometric design sort of covers the whole map. Um, it's like a pentagram. Um, it's actually, yeah, yeah. Or a three dimensional object or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. It looks like a Sith wayfinder. <laughs> but what's really interesting is if you look at the original trilogy, you can spot how like sim- simple, right? The lines are. It goes to like a couple of planets, and then, and then when you get to the when you get to the the prequel trilogy, I was actually surprised. I thought for sure when I was doing the pre- the, the prequel trilogy, it was going to get really complex. Those movies also don't spend a lot of time traveling, right? When you think about like, when you yeah. think about, um, uh, when you think about Phantom Menace, it goes Naboo, Tatooine, Coruscant, Naboo. Yeah. Right. It's, it's actually pretty like boom, 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 boom. Right. And same thing, even when you get to Revenge of the Sith, what, what shocked me about Revenge of the Sith is we join Anakin at Coruscant Anakin's on Coruscant until he goes to Mustafar. Right. Which oh, I was wow. like, so he just, I, he just visits two locations. Yeah. That's crazy when you think about that movie. Because, and, and even when you have, and even when you're following Obi Wan, he goes Coruscant, Utapau, back to Coruscant, and then over to, over to Mustafar. Yeah. And back to the myth, the mythic. Um, part of this all, like Mustafar is like much like you said, Mortis would be the North Star of the galaxy. Mustafar is like directly south of the core, oh, yeah, and, yep. and the outer rim. It's the hell or the symbolic like hell or you yeah. know, uh, realm of torture in like the galaxy. Uh, and it's you know, from in my opinion, in my opinion here, and it, it's just it's interesting that the the prequels do take place in the core, and we st- we get a lot of the core, and then the original trilogy is. In the outer rim, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, oh, cool. And then the map, uh, obviously, in the Rise of Skywalker, they go to every single planet. <laughs> yeah, it's, because even in even in the like even in the sequel trilogy, right? Like, 
we look at if you go to like the last jedi that similar to a new or uh, similar to empire strikes back the main story is <laughs> the main story where you're just going from the car to crate is tiny Right, which they do a good job of that. But then you have two other arms. You have you have Ray's arm, who starts out basically over in uh, over in Octu, then comes back to to crate, right? And then you have Finn and um, Rose going up to can uh, to Canto Bight, oh, yeah, yeah, and then coming back. But it's I really see, that's the purple. That's the purple on your map, Adam. I see. Yeah, that's the purple one. <laughs> it's really interesting when you look at the core of that, where you start, where you end in that movie is that's the least distance traveled in any Star Wars movie from beginning to end. If you think about like where they start and where all the characters end up at the very end. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was the fury road there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, so this graphic, I think we should definitely post on our various social media. Um, Cause it's worth looking at. And I don't want to go on and on describing something we're looking at, um, especially when it's the, the galaxy and it's so nebulous and wild. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about biomes or did you have a different idea, Adam? No, I'm I'm good. Do you want to move on to, to biomes? Yeah, why don't we do it? And, All right. Yeah. So this will be a little little more kind of interactive. Um, you can shout at your uh your podcast listening devices along with this. But you know, I as I mentioned at the beginning, I think biomes is a really important way to look at the planets in Star Wars or the alien worlds in Star Wars because um Star Wars likes to have one biome per, per planet for the most part. We're talking about some exceptions to that during this discussion. Um, I'm trying not to slip into professor mode. But one thing I'll say is when I looked at like biomes, I was like, what, what are biomes? And in fact, as most things are in science and social science, the definition is unclear. There has been like, I think, 10 different classifications of biomes in science starting from the early 20th century. So I just kind of looked at them and went like, what are some of the common ways we can look at the world? And, you know, at the end of the day, a biome is really just anything of like a collection of the plants, the animals, the area surrounding it. So when I start naming these, these are just kind of the ones I came to based on looking at the most common classifications without getting too complex. And I want to break it down to super minor categories. But here are the biomes, most common biomes, deserts, grasslands, jungle, icy slash tundra forest swamp mountainous tropical subtropical i'll talk about that momentarily well subtropical is also <laughs> called subtropical is also called okay. mediterranean but it seems weird to say mediterranean if we're talking about space so i just called it subtropical um aquatic and then i added two more because they're not really necessarily found or talked about on earth and i'll come back around to those later Okay, cool. Because I, yeah, I, I have, I made a list as well. I actually yeah. did combine jungle and swamp. We'll use yours, but I just for the sake of discussion. Yeah, uh, and that's I, the thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there's also like broken planets. There are some yeah. destroyed planets that are sort of floating around, which are interesting. Yeah, um, you have like sit uh, planets that have floating cities. Yep. Um, or suspended cities. Yeah. Um, asteroids, yeah, just like are also yeah. a biome that's like a, a frequent thing that you see, yeah. Um, and then there's sort of like there's like I mean, there's urban like city planets, but there's also sort of right. criminal underworld planets. So, if you're talking about city planets, there's actually a word for a scientific word for that, which is one of the biomes I could what I listed, which is yeah, 
it's an eco monopolis. Oh wow! It's like Monopolis is a biome, which would be a city, a, a planet that is city, that is an entire city. Oh, huh. all right. Yeah, that's a real thing that's listed. Um, and then the other one I added on was mineral, because we've seen mineral planets, which isn't great, really yeah. great, right? And other things. So, so you know, Ben, I'm glad you created your own list because one thing I want to mention is that like this is just you look at this. Yes, it's science, but there's a lot of discussion about these things. And when we especially try to apply it to alien worlds, I like this idea of adding asteroid fields, adding broken planets, suspended planets. So similar to what I did with that map is I looked at the major planets we visited in the in in all 11 movies and kind of figured out where each falls. So of those I listed, which biome do you think is most commonly represented in Star Wars? So this is kind of nothing. This is kind of the game portion. Forest. Eh. Really? Desert? A lot of people ding, would say ding, desert. Ding, ding. We really? have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight examples of deserts in the Star Wars films. Can you name them? What are the desert plants we see? Tatooine. We got Jakku. Tatooine. Asana. Asana. Jakku, I think I heard, right? So we got four. We're halfway there. Um, we know that that's only three, right? I thought someone said, someone said Tatooine, Tatooine, Jakku. Jakku. That's three. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought someone said the other one. Another one begins with J. Jedha. Jedha. Oh, yeah. I guess that is a desert world. Yeah. I sort of, I had a wasteland category. Yeah. I mean, which is a little bit different. Like, I mean, Moraband, Korriban, Dathomir. Yep. Do Do you call those desert planets? So I didn't do those because we haven't really spent a lot of time in the in the movies. And this is where we're going to start seeing. Yeah, we're going to start seeing these things. They're break like down, air right? and bluffs. Like What's that? Dathomir. It's it's not exactly desert it's like crags and cliffs. Yeah. yeah. So maybe mountainous for that. I don't know. All right. But but we've got four so far. So also when I base these on were Wikipedia's descriptions. So there's a couple that I don't think you're going to get because I never knew this. Wait, so is Tython now a desert planet? Or where were where did they go in Mando? Oh, Navarro is desert. Navarro would be desert, but I didn't count it because I was just doing with the movies because I didn't want to be here all night. But okay, but no, but yeah, that's Tython's a forest. Is Scarif considered a desert planet? No, it's no, that's tropical. Tropical. Um, all right. I don't know. I'm curious now. Yeah. Crate is crate considered a I desert put, planet? I was struggling with that. I put that under a mineral, a mineral planet, because it's mineral flats, like it's salt flats. Salt flats. Is Exegol a desert? Exegol is a barren. desert. Good job. It okay, is it's described as a desert, <laughs> though we don't really see it that way. Um Yeah, I just call that planet evil. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that one was tough. Geonosis. <laughs> Yeah, I would oh, I would throw Exegol under um, Wasteland. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Genosis. Yeah. Again, yeah. I mean, okay. again, yes. And okay. I'm and, and no, but Ben, I am completely okay with the okay. Let's let, let's have these discussions because this yeah. also shows the weakness of categorization, right? It's trying to fit things in yeah. the box. Is Onder on a desert? Possibly. No, that's that's a that's a forest or jungle. Just try to keep in mind in the movies. So, Utapau. You saw it. Utapau. Eek, okay. Yeah. According okay. to Wikipedia. So this is yeah, why I'm also sinkhole planet. That's it. No, it's called a sinkhole planet. Right. Right. So that's the thing. Like they the movies are going to make these biomes unique and interesting to look at by yeah, yeah. sort of hashing them out. But I guess if, if we're we're using broad, you know, broad yeah, yeah. brushes here. Exactly. 
to like what sort of biomes they are, then yeah, then that, that, that would be a desert, I guess. And then lastly, and this one's going to be fun to yell at each other about for a second. Cantonica. Come on, there's water on it. That oh, isn't a man-made. So, you're right. It's a man-made lake. I didn't I didn't make this. But when you look it up on Wikipedia, Cantonica is a desert planet which has yeah. a man-made ocean and that and Canto Bight is actually man-made. So it's actually the majority of that planet is desert like. Yeah, I remember that from the Canto Bight book. Um, yeah. It is. It's a good book. It's worth reading, yeah. actually. Uh, but yes, they mentioned that it was just it was all it's just like a casino. It's like Vegas, literally yeah. like Vegas. Right. It's like an oasis in the middle of the desert. So I listed these again. I, I won't go through them again. But if you remember, is there anyone there's one of these biomes we have not seen in a Star Wars movie. We've seen it in other media, but we have not seen it in a Star Wars movie as of yet. Do you want me to go through the list real quick again? No, I want to figure it out. Yeah, subtropical. Uh, subtropical is like so. Let's talk about subtropical a second. That's like Mediterranean. So have you seen any like kind Naboo? of Mediterranean Naboo and Dakar? People is 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 yeah. somewhat subtropical. So there's like Mediterranean. So we've seen a couple Which, examples of those. Da- what is Dakar? Dakar is the uh, the the resistance base that we see in Episode Seven and the beginning of Episode Eight. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. You could argue it's jungle, that, too. It's kind of... Yeah, jungle or yeah. forest, which is kind of... Yeah. It's swamp, I... Yeah, like I said, I lumped in with jungle. It's sort of, you know... Yeah. If, of, if we do break it down by swamp, we've seen two. Yeah. One's pretty obvious, Dagobah. Mm-hmm. Do you know another one that's considered swamp that we've seen in one of the 11 movies? Minbon. Minbon. Well done, Holy. Grant. So I had that one under wasteland. I was just like, it's a mud, mud planet. <laughs> it's a mud planet, yeah. yeah. I like this, Ben. I like this mud idea of, of, of wasteland, right? Because I would agree. Like, Exegol would be wasteland. Minbon would be a wasteland. I like yeah. that. Yeah. All the, a lot of those Sith worlds would be wasteland. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I would throw Exegol in there. Korban, or I mean, Morband. Yeah, um, yeah Dathomir from what we saw from yeah. uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order yep. video game. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, so, so we what have we seen? What, what biome hasn't been in the movie? In the yeah. movies? Grasslands. Oh, right. Wait, Naboo isn't grasslands? No, it's even... subtropical. Because it's it's Italy. Italy's not considered grasslands. Think of like, think of Africa, right? Like, like grasslands Lo- Lothal Africa. is a grasland. Exactly. So in, in expanded universe, yeah, Lothal is a perfect example of a grassland planet. Yeah. I have Lemieux, Lemieux down as well. I think that was a, that's from one of the books. Yeah. 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 But it's there. Yeah. So it's just an interesting way. Like we don't have to get into the weeds about this, but there's shows some of the, um, the strengths and weaknesses of this, right? You do see a lot of similarities like the desert stuff. I think there's a strong argument for like Jakku, Jeddah, Geonosis, Pasana and Tatooine kind of thrown together because think about our example when we knew they were going back to shoot for episode nine in the desert. Right, right. <laughs> we listed all of those planets as being possible examples of why they were there, right? Because yeah, and then he's like, nope, new one. Nope. <laughs> oh, but also Tatooine, because they definitely did shoot the last part of that of the yeah. episode nine there, I would assume. But like that's the part. Like when you see something icy, right? You're like, remember, like, think about when we were watching um Mandalorian. And they showed us an ice planet. And we're like, is it Hoth or Ilum? Right, right, right. So, like, they do kind of go back to the well for some reasons. And we saw forest realms, like, where it's like, is it Endor? Is it Kashyyyk? Is it Takadano? Right? Um, anything else? That you, aquatic's interesting. That was really hard. Like, I there's one clear example to me of an aquatic planet in 
star in in the movies, and then also in the EU, but in the movies right. that right. we've seen, Camino. yeah, Camino. Um, but they also put things like Octu and Kefbir there because those planets yeah. are ma- vast majority with yeah. a couple of islands here and there. Yeah, I had those listed under. Um, I, I called them ocean planets, but uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. But and yeah. then the. Yeah. The the Ecomonopolis one's really interesting. Obviously, we got Coruscant, but I didn't notice. But apparently, Hosnian Prime was considered an Ecomonopolis. I mean, yeah. you, it it looks like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but we only saw like a frame, and it was like an upshot, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we didn't see much of that. That's actually one of the planets I would like to see more of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I I threw Corellia in there. I feel like Corellia is probably at this point an Ecomonopolis. So notice that I didn't have I didn't have a couple plants there. Corellia was one I did not put in there. And that one's because it's interesting. Like we just see the shipyards right in in solo. And so based on that, you would I like that idea. Right. It just is that. But in like other media, they talk about other things. So I think it's actually a desert. planet. (laughs) It's a desert or there are a couple examples of it just being like Earth. Right. Where there are some planets that just they do talk about multiple biomes on it. So there's a couple of ones I did skip on this because I'm like, I, it feels like I was forcing it into a category more so than others. Um, Narshada yeah. is notoriously an eco-monopolis. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. And then is now Hutta more swampy, if I remember correctly? Isn't that like just all yes. gas? It has like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to... It has swamp or jungle areas, I think, on now Hutta. But Narshada yeah. is definitely the city, I think. Yeah, I you think know, it's kind of a criminal underworld. Al Shadar, is that the jewel? What's the, what's that translate from in Hutsi? Hutsi? Yeah, I think reading? you're right. I think you're, yeah. <laughs> I only know that because like I've been reading Hutt, the Hutt. old EU and, and they have a they have a hut following them around and trying not to sell them out to the to the Yuzan Vong. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, Dude, I'm yeah. enjoying how crazy those books are. I just can't tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. I think there was a um a clone wars episode where uh ben kenobi goes through uh nal hutta and it's um and it's like through a swamp area yeah he needs to actually rescue size noodle i think <laughs> or he's, he's chasing that, size size noodle the uh, uh yeah singer from yeah, uh return of the jedi oh, yeah. That is a hundred percent correct. I forgot that ever happened yeah yeah i was like did i read that did i dream that it was like <laughs> But no, that happened and it did happen in animation. So all the more reason to watch Clone Wars, which is so wild. Like you're just watching that show and then like you think back on what you saw and you're like, oh, my goodness. Like they they really had some, you know, had some fun happen. Or was that a fever dream? I've asked myself before when trying to remember uh, Clone Wars episodes. Totally. Like that whole arc where like the that one Jedi master goes rogue and just wants to like like the heart of darkness arc. I was just like. I mean, I've watched it twice now, so I know it happened. But that was just like, did that happen? Or was like, did I have a fever? Like, was that a fever dream? Like, that... was I sick and like dreamed that 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 arc? Yeah, happened? it was that arc and the arc on Moncala where the shark people are just eating <laughs> other ones where I'm like, oh, this definitely went from a kid show to yeah. not a kid show very quickly. Yeah, it was like they're eating the squid people on TV. Yeah, yeah. In a cartoon. And what real. it makes interesting is when you look at this biome stuff and you start with just the movies and especially like the original trilogy and even the sequel and even the prequel trilogy i think it's really easy i think i think lucas was very much like there are archetypes right and i think he used 
archetypes for characters, but also for biomes and planets. And then when you start pulling in, this is why I wanted to have a discussion with you, with you guys, because when we start pulling in EU stuff and we start looking at other stuff, it starts to collapse, right? Because you need more diversity in storytelling. And so when you start growing this galaxy, this simplistic, like there's a desert planet, there's a ice planet, there's a jungle planet. Right. You start running out of categories real fast. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm all for that. I'm, I I like planets that have multiple biomes when they talk, because that's more realistic. And I mean, I don't need star Wars to be realistic in any way, but it's certainly feasible. And I, I feel like it makes the galaxy bigger when you think like, Oh yeah, you've seen this part of this planet, but check out what's going on on the other side of that planet. And it's a whole different story. Um, but there's enough planets where I think it's more exciting to just go to a different location rather than like, oh, this is the South Pole of Lothal. You know, like Lothal actually, like the Rebels um, series covered both poles of the planet, like the Northern Hemisphere and Southern Hemisphere. Right. Uh, they were pretty similar, honestly. <laughs> Still grassland. Um, yeah. You know, some mountainous regions. But uh, yeah, but it's cool when they do that. Is Megiddo a city planet? Oh my Guido. Maybe. Or Kieti Mundi Falls, remember? Yeah. It looks like it's just like endless city below him or something. I thought he wasn't on Kato Namodia. You sure it was my Guido? Okay. Oh, right. Kato Namodia might be a city planet as well. That one I looked at for a second. Because they build the droids. It would make sense. Yeah, I actually like Kato Namodia. It's super cool. So it's like they're their cities are either in arches and hang below the arch. Like they're like upside down cities or they're like hammock cities that are suspended between two points where it's like a whole city is hung like a hammock, like between two points. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Oh, Megiddo, if you're interesting, if you're interested, might fall under mineral planet because it's crystalline. It's primary terrain is crystalline. So, Wow, so very close to like Ilum. Yeah. It just happened. That's right. Right. He fell to his like snow marines. Um, yeah. yeah. And you could find uh, kyber crystals on there. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. All right. Now for our next game show segment, we're going to do a round table uh, share session of which, which plans we want to live on, which planets we'd want to see in live action, and which, which plans we'd most is like most you know be upset about getting stranded on like that would be that would be the planet you would you would not want to visit so basically and ben you can mark this time down basically we're playing mary kill uh star wars planets (laughs) yes yes Yes. uh essentially but it's where you want to live what you want to see and then where you'd hate to be Right, so what you want to see that we haven't seen yet yeah. in live action. In live action, right. Okay. Yeah, good, good. So let's start with where we'd want to live, just because um, I know we framed that probably second when we first talked about this question, but it's just quick, and I think it's easy, and I think, you could, I think anyone could do it knee-jerk, like where you'd want to live. So sure. we'll just let's do, do, that, do that one first. Um, ben, you go. You go. All right, um, so this one... <sighs> I get, I went with my gut. I did do it knee jerk. Um, Me too. And I mean, a lot of planets out there, they're all kind of amazing. But the one that I want to live on is Camino really bad. 
I, oh, wow. I simply adore rainy days and there's something about like it raining every day and just like living on these really safe, like uh submarinable like platforms with just like monster waves crashing overhead and these like being able to see these humongous sea creatures underwater and fly around. Like I I would adore living on on Camino. I I just think it would be the best. Just like are you hanging in like an all white kind of Kaminoan, you know, structure? I would have to assume so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be something nice like that. I mean, beautiful, crisp, bright yeah. apartment. It's always raining outside, so I never have to feel guilty about staying in and playing video games. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's so bright, though. Like, how do you go to sleep? I don't know. Oh, turn off the lights, man. Imagine, like, what that planet looks like with no lights on. You know, just looking out into, like, the gloaming. Uh, it's got to be gorgeous. I don't know if the sun ever... I assume the sun comes out and it stops raining from now and the end, but... I, I don't know. I just like would adore that. Uh, who's next? I, I nominate Adam. Okay. Uh, this may seem weird. Tatooine. That is weird. Okay. That is strange. You're self-exile. Adam is exiling himself on. <laughs> I don't like being around a lot of people. So follow me on this. If I could have my own area. I'm guessing land is real cheap there. So yeah. I can get a real nice area. Similar to Ben's reasoning, it's so hot during the day. I don't have to stay inside. I, I mean, I don't have to go outside. And I love nothing more than like taking an afternoon nap. So yep. I'll just like sleep the afternoon away. It's desert planet. So you take real advantage of the early mornings, late evenings. It's great. And then you live close enough to a place like Maz Eisley or, or Mas Espa. There's stuff going on. There's races to go see. You can go in. There's a nightlife. Sure. But then you can just go out and not do anything. And you just, you know, it's good. It's good. I know I'm also very pale and I burn very easily, but that's more of the reason. I did actually, when I was putting this list together, I also put possibly Scarif as that. So I do, for some reason, oh, like really man. hot places. But <laughs> Tatooine is where I'm going. It seems strange, but there's it just kind of fits my personality perfectly. There you go. Well, you mentioned Scarif, and I was like, there is an ideal life where I'm a shore trooper just hanging out on Scarif, just kind of like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Just taking off the helmet, just soaking in the rays now and again, and just enjoying the palm trees. And, uh, yeah. Hawaiian shirts on your days. Yeah. yeah. But, and then I think Coruscant popped up in my head. I was like, I love Coruscant. Like, you, everything's there. <laughs> you can get whatever you want. And I you thought you might sort of living situation you'd want. And, you know, any you could basically adopt the living, the interior design and style yeah. and aesthetic and ambiance from any culture in, in the galaxy. It would have everything. So it's it's a it, there's a lot of pull there. Um, but for me, I got to say, I'd probably live on. Uh, Naboo, I think Naboo is the yeah. most ideal place yeah. to live. That's good. It looks a little humid for me, but it looks it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I mean Naboo's beautiful, right? I remember we were reading one of the the second Amidala book there. Um and the way they describe that planet, you're you're like, uh, oh yeah, I could I could I could probably spend a few decades there. Yeah. Takadana was nice too. Was nice. Uh, that was on my list as well as a runner up was Takadana. I mean Takadana is like New Hampshire though, so it's that's like, the reason <laughs> why. Like it's familiar. Close. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Rad. Um, yeah, so those are the good ones. Should we go to the the opposite end of the spectrum here? Which ones you'd never want to be stranded on? Sure. Can I go first? Please. Because because the t- you named two that you both of you might want to live on that were places I'd never want to be stranded. Uh, my number one is Ben's number one, Camino. <laughs> I would never want to be stranded there. There's nowhere to go. You can't go anywhere because it's there's giant waves everywhere. It's super wet and humid. I hate nothing more than being soaking wet. I do like, but you almost sold me on when you're like, you could just stay inside and not do anything. So that's where you almost got me with. And then my second runner up was Coruscant, because that seems like a freaking nightmare for me to be surrounded by that many people. <laughs> I would have an anxiety attack. <laughs> but yeah. Camino is my number one. Never want to be stranded. Well, on. The thing, I mean, you can go by places by submersible. You can go, you know, there, there's going to be station to station. Each different. I assume each different. There's different cities that are, you know, islands, whatever sure. you can go. They but, probably I mean, look similar. But they're cloners. They're going to be exactly the same. There's going to be no. Well, they're not, doesn't mean the whole planet is cloners. You know, there's definitely one station installation we know about. But um, I mean, Fair. I really like the, the minimalist architecture there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I just think Camino, about how. Yeah. Camino is terrifying, man. Like, what if there's mm-hmm. a. It's like thunderstorms what? most of the time. And then if you fall in the water, it's game over. Yeah. And you're going to wake up to Lemu trying to, like, steal your blood to clone <laughs> I'm a, you. I'm a very strong swimmer, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, I assume they're able to make these structures so that they're impervious to the weather conditions. Otherwise, it'd be sort of silly. So the thunder, like, you have a nonstop thunder and lightning storm over an ocean. It would be. Yeah. The most yeah. beautiful thing. It's like, beautiful. You go outside, windows, and, yeah. you take a look at a flying manta ray eat you. <laughs> no, you domesticate the flying manta ray. See, that's the thing. You can ride them around, you know, just get some rain gear. <laughs> I, I, it sounds delightful. You, you'll never right. be able to turn me off on that. But um, I mean, I'm the person who said Tatooine is my ideal planet, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, tomato, tomato. So... Or that wasn't what I meant, but you know, each different strokes <laughs> for different strokes, yeah. uh, I guess. Yeah, two's around. Different yes. horses for different courses. Ah. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, so we like obviously like Mustafar and Dathomir and those kind of plants. You would not want to be stranded on. I yeah. think those are the easy one. Those are it's yeah, too the easy. lava so let's, planets. Let's, yeah, yeah, come on. And so yeah, of course not. Um, I guess you know I wouldn't want to be. I wouldn't want to really want to be stranded on um crate, honestly. Yeah, like, that's it a seems good one. Yeah. pretty Ugh. barren and just flat. Really and just, bad like, for your stuff. skin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just salty. Just yeah, no. Breathing thing. in salt and just the yeah. saltiest planet for all the salty crate haters. Um yeah, that one would be pretty gnar. <laughs> so that yeah. so that's your pick is crate, huh? Crate, I would say. Right. What's a good salt dish though? I mean, your food would never be unseasoned. Yeah, you'd, you know, have a heart attack from hypertension by yeah, by 23 years. or yeah. something. Yeah, just by breathing. That's a pretty bad one. <laughs> um, So mine is like the Australia of the galaxy. I I don't know. I, it's not really it's more jungly, but it is Felucia. Um, mm. I just like that is humidity. So like there's yeah. difference between rain, which is beautiful and cool and cleansing yeah. and salty. Uh, and then there's like yeah. 200% humidity with insects the size of like double decker buses yeah. um, that are trying to eat you. 
uh, you know, I, there's, it feels like a lot of stuff would kill you there. It's beautiful in a lot of ways. Like the plants are poison. Um, you know, they cough out. There's a lot of like carnivorous plants there. Um, I, that's, that would be the one that, I mean, yeah. I guess maybe that one's too obvious. Um, but as beautiful as it is, I, 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 that's not going to be my jam. Now I picked Crete because I don't think there, there are any civilizations listed there really. Right. No, it's boring. There's no one there. You're it's on boring. your own. There's nothing there. That's There's an yeah, abandoned exactly. rebel base. It's terrifying to me. And then like, cause like at least with Mustafar, you have, you know, the, 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 the there's locals. Mustafar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah too, but I like, so. yeah, but I like your pick. Like the second you said that, I'm like, Oh God, I would, I would be taking like seven showers a day. It's like when I lived down in Virginia, I used to, I used to like shower, go to my friend's house to go out for the night and shower again when I got to my friend's house. Right. Right. Exactly. It's, it's gross. Yeah. If my runner up was Mimban. Um, yeah. Because oh, yeah. like, again, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Again, maybe too obvious, but that's just like miserable. That's the rain with no beauty and um, mud everywhere. Yeah. I'm imagining like falling on my butt like six times a day, just trying to get from point A to point B. It's basically Woodstock 95 if it was a planet. Yeah, exactly. Exegol would be a pretty big nightmare, too. Exegol was (laughs) unwelcome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I was just thinking that, too. Just like imagine being like, okay, I guess I'll build a house like. That that's what hell actually looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell. If hell could be a planet, it's so interesting yeah. though because if we extended these categories, which it wouldn't work, it's like where would you want to visit? I'm like, I would visit all of these planets. Like, I'd spend a weekend on Exegol. Sure. <laughs> yeah, for research. Yeah. Um, Edu Edu seems uh, doesn't. Yeah. Seem like most apt planet to live on. You live on a cliff's edge. Like, there's not much going on there, right? Yeah. Thunderstorms. Yeah. Sounds beautiful. And you got forests. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so what about um, planets that we have not seen in live action uh, that you would like to see in live action? And there's there's a lot of these. So did you did yeah. you spend some time on this one? You really think because, I mean, we've got a lot of options on this as well. I mean, we already talked about it earlier in the show, but but Korriban, like the, yeah. the value of the Sith. Like it's yeah. like the Mordor the, of of the Star Wars story that we really haven't gotten to yet. That I feel like is it's kind of important if you're going to do a bigger story with Jedi and Sith and do something quite possibly a new trilogy. Yeah, I love that. It's such a fascinating area, and they've done such interesting things with it in the EU. That's a really good point from story as well. But you're right, and visually, we really haven't gotten those like long forgotten monoliths of like sith times past sort of like ruins of well we got the we got the, we got the throne of the sith it. eternal the yeah. throne of the sith eternal but not all the tombs of the past sith lords and things like right. that yeah are heavily featured in you know the eu right right um that would be that would be gorgeous and really really entertaining um I'll go next because mine's kind of boring, I guess. I and I already mentioned it. Um, Cato Nemoidia, I just think like yeah, architecturally yeah. and um, landscape wise, is breathtaking. And actually, and I might be. I think they might have showed it for like three frames in um, Revenge of the Sith, but I I don't know. I might be tripping. Um, maybe not. But it, where does Clue Coon get shot down? What planet is that? that yeah, might, that was that it. is. You're, that's, yeah, that's you're right. Because Ben, you're right. We have seen it for a second, but not really like spend any yeah. time there. If, yeah, yeah. If you're gonna see it for a second, that's a way to do it. Like in a starfighter flying between like the the suspended and arching cities. Yeah. 
I mean, we spent some time. Is it the Star Wars comic? Because don't we get Leia going there to sell her dresses in? Well, that's her. Yes, that's her and cover. she ran into. Yeah, she ran into um, Laura Santeca. Right, Laura Santeca. And so I remember reading that comic and being blown away by the architecture. So I, I agree. I would love to see more of that and spend some time there in live action. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's and that's one I've sort of liked for a long time. So that was kind of a knee jerk one to me. All right. So uh, get your bingo card out. Adam's about to mention Star Wars Galaxies, the old <laughs> MMOG. So I literally like I spent so much time in that thing and spent so many times in planets that have gone away. And uh, a couple of my runners up was um, and this is going to be somewhat. Um, this is the runner up. So I'll just go real quick is Dathomir and the Dathomir we see in that is different than the Dathomir we see in um, Jedi Fallen Order. Right. It's more of a jungle planet and you could just get attacked by rancors because that's where rancors right. are live and come from oh, right. is on Dathomir. Like native planet. So yeah. You would just be out in this like rainy storm and suddenly a rancor is running at you from the, from the bushes. So that was kind of cool. Um, Drawl in the twin worlds, Talus and Trallis I loved in the old uh, in the old EU. Uh, I but I went with the planet Lock L O K, which was oh that is on the map, Adam. It, I know I've seen it. Well, I couldn't find it. I found the coordinates, but I don't see it on. It's on a map. It's not on this large map. It's by. It's out by Socorro. It's um near Savarine and Ryloth. So it's down there and Dakar. So it's down there, uh in the in the, uh, the outer outer territories down in the south there. Um, but it was, it was this planet that I remember exploring in galaxies and I loved it. <laughs> Here's a shocker. I loved it because no other players were ever there because <laughs> they'd all be on Tatooine. <laughs> were they locked out? No, it's like, cause they're like, what's locked? <laughs> and so they created this planet, by the way. Yes. Well done. Thank you. Uh, it took me a second, but they, um, it was this planet where it was created. I don't think it was created solely for galaxies, but it was kind of, it was just a video game planet. And so I spent a lot of time there because I'm like, this is something wholly new, right? It's not from the movies. And it's just like this dusty, barren planet. It, it has like sulfur pools, volcanoes. And like, there's this weird thing in the middle of it called the um, the Great Maze of Locke. And oh, so it's just diamond. Like so, and there's like a pirate planet. And so I just, it's so interesting because I feel like it's something we haven't seen before. And it just something feels so wholly new and different and i just remember spending so much time in there not having to get not having to uh every five minutes saying no i don't want to trade anything with you dude um and just being left alone to my own devices and wandering around a maze to find some weird dude in the middle you know give me a quest to go wander around nice that sounds very fun well um yeah and i guess can we finally can we please get bathawi in the movies at some point i need to see boffins oh. or their home planet at yeah. some point yeah i mean they're absolutely. mentioned quite a bit and they have their own the area it's called boffin space it's like i think there's yeah. there, there's a bunch of uh like sister planets there too yeah we gotta see Bath bathawi at some point and we have to see a boffin for yeah we do yeah. i mean we need to see now I mean, how great would now Hutta and Al Shaddaa? We've already mentioned before. How great would you see that? Just see a bunch of like huts like wandering around. Yeah, that'd be awesome. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You never see a lot in one area, but um, no. they always have an entourage. Another one on my list was Dantooine, just because we heard it meant like that's always had a special yeah. place in my heart because of A New Hope, where they just mentioned this other planet that we never see. 
I think it's another forest planet. I remember they, I think it was in a certain point of view, New Hope. They, yeah. Uh, they, some, one of the side missions is people actually are in Dantooine and they're seeing the, there was, you know, the, the hollowed out shell of, of the old base. Right. And I think they did it in a couple comics as well. Yeah. Uh, the Star Wars run. I'm surprised you didn't mention Sullust then. Yeah, I thought a lot about Sullust, but <laughs> I think Sullust is another volcanic planet. It's just been like mm. mined to death. Um, so not a great party town, probably. <laughs> um, good place. Good place to see a revolution. Not so great. They, that's also another shipbuilder as well. Um, oh, right. Yeah, there's also some shipyards. But far away from the court, the core. Yeah, we were talking about how they're all close to the core, but that one's quite far away. That is. There's one in uh, Jedi Fallen Order too, that Braca or whatever. I don't know where that is. I don't even know if that's on the map. I don't know. I didn't look for it, but right, it's um, yeah, it's the one where they're pulling apart ships, right, from the yeah, core. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one's interesting is Kashyyyk. I know we saw it in Episode Three, right? But like to actually spend a little more time, because all we saw is the uh, the like the shoreline. Right of Kashyyyk, we didn't right. spend a lot of time in the the right. actual villages of the Wookies. Would be would be fun to do. Yeah, and we yeah, I mean yeah, you're right in live action. Well, we did see it in live action <laughs> in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, I was wondering if I should mention that or not, but yeah, <laughs> well, it's, there it is. Um, yeah. And it's been in about a mil- like every video game. Yeah, oh, that's right. We spent quite a bit of time. In the- yeah. yeah, I gotta say, I love Fallen Order. I their their Kashyyyk didn't feel like what I thought Kashyyyk would be, and I guess because again we weren't in like, right? Like I I want to know where like I want to go in Kashyyyk where like a lot of Wookies live, right? What's like what yeah, what's a Wookiee too. city look like? like a, a city or a hub? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That would be cool. We did get to see. I really like the um the depiction the depiction of Kashyyyk in uh, the Old Republic Star um, games was pretty cool. Yeah, the, uh, you how there you were hanging out in these balconies and then you'd take an elevator down to the forest floor. I felt like that was really interesting. I didn't, you know, living in tree houses and you go down to the forest Mm. floor. Yeah. I didn't want to name, I didn't want to again, resurrect the ghost of galaxies on my end, but they, they also do that in star Wars galaxies. There was a, um, Kashyyyk add on that did the similar, like you would spend a lot of time up with the Wookiees and then you'd have these extremely difficult missions um down the bottom of of the floor where you just had these yeah. giant spiders attacking and stuff and i just i, I love that <laughs> yeah gotta have the giant spiders that's yeah. one reason why not a not a super great place to be nope um yeah force unleashed one uh you start off on Kashik, and mm. you're vader hunting for your apprentice um and so you get into a little bit of that architecture and movements and whatnot and then i think in force unleashed Two, you go back and you free Wookiee slaves, which has obviously been done a couple times. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, solid planet. Um, there's a lot to see. I can't believe we finally saw Kessel. That was pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I, one- I liked what they did with it, too. It's uh, it, 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 again, like just it, it felt like that. That was actually also on my list of places I wouldn't want to get stranded on. It just seemed <laughs> yeah. very. Yeah, you don't want to be on the Spice Mines of Castle. Yeah, and I like the fact that we get that little tease in the first movie, right? And then you would see they played with the droids being there as well as slaves. And just it was it was it was well done. Again, this is going to be you can pull out your bingo card card one more time, and this is where Adam tries to convince everyone that they should go and watch Solo again. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, Savarine was a desert planet we didn't mention, right? 
Yeah, it was on my list of places, but uh, yeah. Savarine was actually, they debated uh, on there, they actually refer to it more as an ocean planet because it's majority ocean. Um, right. We just but, saw, uh, saw shorelines or planet, which are, but are desert. Like any type of, uh, any type of land that they have is desert on that planet, apparently. Yeah. Um, I guess honorable mention places I'd love to see is um, Scylla and the uh, Chiss um, Ascendancy. Yeah. Um, Because it's going to look much, it's going to be a a total quantum shift probably from the rest of the galaxy uh, as far as design goes. And um, that would be really fun. Um, I hope we get a chance to see some of that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe in that, um, we might see it in uh, the Ahsoka series. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a a little bit there. That would be pretty great because there was a rumor this week. We didn't do news this week, but um, that they have cast um, a, <clears throat> a actor for the role of Ezra Bridger. Um, and it is Masood. What's his name? Sorry, good, good audio here. Yeah, but that's fascinating that they've cast him. That, that oh, Amina Masood. We're sorry. Gonna get- we're going to get Chiss storytelling very soon. Like I, I imagine if they bring Thrawn in, we're going to get other Chiss, right? Um, right. Yeah, I mean, if you bring Arlani, in Ezra, right? you got to bring Arlani was a big character in the novels, and it would be interesting to see her come into live action with Thrawn. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, Always. I feel like if you're going to... You have 35 years to play around with in terms of storytelling, Right. Between episodes six and seven ish, yeah. 35 years ish. But like, there's got to be a long term plan here, says the person who just spent an hour and a half tracing every step <laughs> in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, but, but my point is that you have this time and you have to have some big bad that's not just the, the shattered empire, right? You can't have the shattered empire doing their thing for 35 years. You can't yeah. make the first order your big bad because they don't really become a big bad until episode seven. They're there doing their thing, but you don't have that. So I feel like you got to make the chiss, the big bad that's there, that there's got to be a war with the chiss at some point. That's yeah. just, yeah. At least for the Ahsoka series. I mean, that one makes so much sense. You're right. Like we need different nemeses and, um, um, and antiheroes and, and all that. And it just makes so much sense. I mean, based off of the end of rebels, we know Ezra and uh, Thrawn are out there somewhere, and we know that um, Ahsoka uh, was chasing them with the help of um, the Mandalorian Sabine Wren. Right. Um, and I mean that story is amazing, and I'm pretty. I mean the timeline matches up pretty close, so it makes sense to drag in another Mandalorian that could like sort of tie in with the you know the Mando show eventually. Um, but I mean, them going into the Chiss ascendancy together, you know, Ahsoka and Sabine, um, you know, female led like protagonist cast would be so cool. And then to sort of pull out a, a broken or weird Ezra Bridger um, yeah. and, 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 and cross paths with Thrawn, who's, you know, this master tactician, um, either on his side or without or, you know, maybe they need to help Thrawn with something and either in, in order to get access to Ezra or they're tied up in some sort of mission together. Like who knows yeah. what they've been up to. And I mean that then you can get the, 
the Thrawn Ezra spinoff prequel or whatever at some point as well. Um, it, there's just so much fertile ground there. And here's a question. <laughs> I feel like we were like, we're so close to getting out of this episode. Uh, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. Can you tell that story? Can you tell a Thrawn or a Chiss war story or Chiss coming into our galaxy and, and not have Luke, Leia, and Han in that story at some point? The leaders of the galaxy. I think Leia could be a big character in that, in, in the fight against the Chiss. Or at yeah. least, at least getting intelligence briefings that there are like there's cloak and dagger attacks from, from Thrawn yeah. and sort of right. Chiss. Is this uh, why Chiss Imperial Army? Is this why Luke decides to start a new Jedi Academy? Maybe it's post Chiss War. Maybe he realizes that there are things out there still for the Jedi that, that we need the Jedi, right? Like maybe that is what motivates him because we know he gets baby yoda spoiler alerts but this is well before it seems before he starts a new jedi academy right right and in that time i mean this might be you could tie in rangers of the new republic too it's like you can only do you know raids and and runs against the shattered empire for so long yeah maybe instead you know maybe they just say that uh senator organa is bogged down in whatever but you have, or you have Mon Mothma, Mothma instead, who's like a more ranking character. Yep. You know? And maybe you just tease, you know, Leia. Um, I mean, that that would be pretty huge if you had like a, you know, galactic war, Chiss versus, you know, the New Republic, um, in some way. That I mean, that would be really. I mean, that actually could be the culmination of I all of these series, right? I think it is. Yeah, that would be that would be your um, Avengers. Uh, end game sort of thing right and and i feel like i feel like you can even you're gonna, you might be able to bring in the book of boba fett in there too because the right the the pirates out there the uh why can't i think of the word i'm looking for the um what do they call them in solo the so, syndicates the crime syndicates yeah are going to be involved they're always involved in war right so you're going to have this whether they're being hired by the new republic whether they're being hired by the chiss right it's just there's some interesting stuff not to keep referring to the old eu and the old yuzon vong stuff but there's an interesting short story yeah. called boba fett a practical man by karen travers travis by the way one of our favorite uh yeah. old eu authors which deals with what boba fett was doing during the yuzon vong invasion and it's really oh. interesting stuff yeah yeah that's very cool yeah, I mean, that could be it or it couldn't, you know, that's mm -hmm. it could go the other way, too. And, and they will go rather than the Chiss coming here. It's sort of like our heroes go there. Yeah. And, um, and interact. And, and we we use Ahsoka and Sabine as our vehicle to sort of learn about the Chiss um, and how cool they are. And then, you know, it's yeah. wrong, which is for good television. I kind of feel like when all said and done at the very end yeah. of whatever story arc this is. All the, the the kind of most the highest stake thing that can happen is like the discovery of the emperor or like Snoke and the war for Ben Solo's soul and like in just hinting at that stuff. Isn't that kind of like where this can go? Because I, I, I'm kind of my opinion is that I want to get away from the Star the Skywalker saga. I would like to tell stories like far away from it and maybe go do what Zahn is doing and do prequel stuff with with Thrawn or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it might be fun to go somewhere else with Thrawn. You know, right. Well, that, so this would be much. Be yeah, this would be longer after that, but a, a different altercation. I, I think the answer is both. You know, 
there's certainly i think we're gonna get some you know lore drops about the first order and yeah. like hints of the formation of the first order obviously you can't blow the cover off that right uh, but then hopefully you're gonna have these major conflicts elsewhere because we know ahsoka wasn't there so even though she was in ray's head at the end of tross we hear her voice yeah uh, but it would be interesting if there's this new developing vector of storytelling that that heads yeah, something something i was hoping to see in the last jedi is like possibly a flashback with ben solo when he's younger and where when snoke first you know uh started to vie for his you know uh, his um like interest and 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 um eagerness to learn and then sort of take him under his wing like that's that's mm -hmm. sort of that's sort of what i'm interested in because that's the that's yeah the, that is that is where you know Leia and Han kind of started to break down. That that's kind of a yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean yeah. yeah. You just need the characters, but I mean, yeah, who wouldn't want to see that story? That, that but again, so thirty-five years, <laughs> right? We can yeah. see all these stories, right? There's so much there because part of me loves the idea of the New Republic. You know, they defeated the Empire. They still feel like they have right, even when we see them in the Mandalorian. Right. They're not really concerned. We get these rangers who are out there thinking something's going on, but they clearly seem to be in the second season. Not really like they're out there on their own trying to recruit Cara Dune. They know something's going on, but it doesn't seem like a lot of people are paying attention in the core. Right. right? So let's say they then have this chiss war that happens and they win that. Right. So I like this idea of this, like the New Republic think we vanished the Empire. Right. We vanished the chiss. We're good to go, right? There's nothing out there left to to conquer or to to do it. So that kind of brings us to the sequel trilogy in a way that explains why they're so not apathetic. paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. Apathetic. They just feel like we've already defeated everything that's out there. We have nothing to worry about. And then meanwhile, you can have these other stories, right, going on about like you can follow Ben Scott Ben uh, Solo, and don't forget he's he's not born. No, when is he? He was born right after nine years end. after the Battle of Yavin. Yavin born. So three years after three Return years of after the Jedi. So he's two. This is some complicated math. Wait, no, so this is no. I'm confused. So he's six years line. after Return of the Jedi. I thought he's six four. years after nine years after. That's when Mandalorian happens. Is nine years after the Battle of Yavin. Right. So he is not yet. He's probably not quite born yet. When we see yeah, him, the Mandalorian. Right. We don't really know, but I think it's somewhere like 12 or 15 years after. So if that's what's happening, there might be a baby solo wandering around while the chiss are in coming in. So there's storytelling that could be done there. We don't know a lot of Ben Solo's childhood. We don't know if maybe he was kidnapped by the chiss okay. at some point. OK, Ben Solo was born five years after the Battle of Yavin. Five years after the Battle of Yavin. Right. So he is two no he's so yeah. he is uh so he's four, one, four during mandalorian yeah okay so we could have and we if we're thinking we're gonna maybe jump ahead one or two years after the mandalorian we have a six-year-old wandering around while possibly the chiss are invading right so there's there's a kidnap story that's ripe to be told yeah yeah um definitely or leia could be preoccupied with the chiss and then yeah that's how Ben Solo, it sort of um, Palpatine gets to Ben Solo. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool, right? You get that, like, he, he's even been in his back of his mind since he was a young boy. Yeah. There's also a flip side of that coin 
to, I mean, I love that story and, and like that, that makes a lot of sense, Adam, what you said. Um, or if they really wanted to do another series um, immediately after the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, whether it's a sequel, sequel trilogy or whatever, you know, they could build up this sort of chiss threat throughout yeah. 35 years. And like, maybe they think they, you know, we beat them or it's a different kind of conflict or whatever. But like, this is why certain characters weren't there. And then it's, this is a newer, bigger, bad uh, yeah. beyond the, beyond the empire uh, and the emperor and, um, and the Sith. And, and then, so that that's what the, you know, what, what the next trilogy is based around. And we, we talked about that as a possible factor in a sequel, sequel trilogy. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I just, I feel like you, I, I love that. And I feel like that it, it's gotta be one or the other. Like you can't create the chiss and not play that chord card at some point. Right. Like, right. And, and they have plenty of time to build it up. I mean, if these 10 new series, you know, take three, four, five years to develop, you know, then suddenly the, the movies are starting to come out and the timing works out right for a sequel, sequel trilogy. You know, I could imagine one in five to seven years, right. We're getting our next movie 2023. So, you know, 2027, something like that, you know, there, there's enough, time to build up that story and then have it be a you know yeah a thing. And, and they can do it in a very organic the, way the thing i want most if we go get into just storytelling is a show a disney plus series called thrawn yeah yeah and totally. just follow thrawn and just to his yep. point of view and 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 it's kind of smaller you know streaming you know level like tv storytelling where it's you know it's not we're not doing giant war space battles. It's more of just uh, maybe it's detective work with Thrawn, yeah. things like that. Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's definitely like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Galaxy. Yeah, and it's such a perfect character for that. You don't need grand storytelling with Thrawn, right? It's, it's such a great character. You just need character driven. Um, I would put funny that that's the next wave. That's in the next yeah. wave of live action dramas. Like they're going to, this is sort of phase one. And then, you know, then now we've introduced Thrawn and then he gets his own spinoff. Right. So I do like what Zahn is doing with the Grisk and, and, and yeah. the syndicates, the syndacular or whatever they're called. They like, I love that stuff. Like yeah, if Thrawn should, wants Zahn to go be a detective out there in Ercilia yeah. and, and in that, the unknown regions, like that's so cool. Like yeah. I would love to watch that show. And Ben, I think you're right about waiting five ten years and and continuing the sequel sequel trilogy because if star wars proves everything anything is that nostalgia is there that there's this that, that someone a trilogy is someone's trilogy right like ben right. you and i are i mean we grew up with the original trilogy we were fully adult by the time the sequel trilogy came out or sorry prequel trilogy prequel. came oh, out yeah. which which learned to love uh and do fully love now yeah. um grant you're more of a sequel trilogy Right, prequel. Sorry, I grew up with the that. prequels. Yeah, you grew up with prequels because you're slightly younger than us, right? But I watched. But I also we talked about this. I watched the remastered editions of the original trilogy quite a bit as a kid. That yeah, was kind of, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't really get the wholesale, you know, uh, theatrical cut for no. quite a Which while. It's fine. Um, but that's the point. Is like you wait ten years and suddenly you have people who were six, seven, eight, nine, ten when the sequel trilogy came out are suddenly yeah. 20, 25. Right. And so like you have nostalgia for Ray and Finn and Poe and all these characters, right. To, to the, the false um, issues that have been cropping up over the past five years will be forgotten at that point. And it'll just be like, Hey, remember those fun movies? 
Yeah. And I know Disney works in eight year cycles. They sort of want to refresh the brand um, every eight years to bring in a new sort of generation of viewers. Um, and it works, I think, doubly with Star Wars, like you said, because you not only are introducing new viewers to a new like Star Wars trilogy, um, but you're you're playing on the nostalgia for the previous right. generations. Yeah, because they bought Star Wars in the first place to get that older demo. You know, right. the older demo wasn't wasn't coming to Disney attractions and they, and they needed it. So they bought yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the, so there's always an older demo the way they've paced it out so far. So that would actually make sense. You know, a 2028 sequel, sequel trilogy calling it now. There you go. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, so we've we've veered all around the uh, the galaxy today. Um, thanks very much for listening to us. Uh, to us do this check out your maps uh, they're super fun um, check out your maps and listen to this at the same time it might make more sense uh, we'll try and post the ones we've been looking at um, there's a lot of great ones out there thank you to all the map curators out there that um, give us this great thing to look at and um, yeah and all the ones we have in the visual dictionary with pablo there's a lot of great stuff there so um, this yeah. is a this is a solid pillar i mean alien worlds is it's why it's why we're here. It is. It's, it's what makes uh, Star Wars beautiful. So, yeah, good pillar, guys. Love it. Good Thanks, pillar. everyone. And um, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, content to be determined. Uh, check us out on Discord, and um, I'm sure we'll be discussing it there. Um, shout out to uh, Casual Jason for contributing greatly last week. <laughs> uh, actually, he asked a bunch of really good salient questions, so maybe we'll talk about that next week. But uh, um, all right party and may the force be with you this is grex kondak signing off for the latest breaking news follow at core world news on twitter and instagram thank you and good night remember the force will be with you always